Hello, and welcome to the Free to Be Show. Today, I'm so excited to um, continue my theme of working and talking this week about working on the inward. So I have a wonderful guest for you today. We'll be talking about your ultimate life, a work in progress. And I'll introduce him to you right after this. Hi, my name is Cordelia Gaffar. I'm the ultimate joy goddess. I help you to create sustainable practices of self-nurturing to discover your ultimate joy through workshops, retreats, coaching, my books, this podcast, and speaking engagements to co-create your sacred experience. What does that feel like? For mind alignment, for your yoni, more movement throughout your day. For your stomach, the best nutrition to nourish your body. For your heart, acknowledging your emotions. For your brain, more sleep. Work with me so that you can be replenished. Are you aligned in your four minds? Be free with replenishment. So my guest today has an, a big audacious goal, and it started out as reaching 50 million people, and I'll tell you the update on that, or we'll discuss the update as we speak today, and that, that was his original commitment for this year. He's an entrepreneur with 18 books, 10 Amazon bestsellers, 85 songs on Spotify, and three times one number one on billboard so even though that sounds impressive there's always a backstory you know it it was uh created through a battlefield of depression addiction near-death experience and he has over 30 years um experience as a in in the c-suite and he's for the past 15 years, been a coach, speaker, author. And so with no further ado, I will introduce you to Kellen Fugicker. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. Cordelia, I'm honored. I'm honored for the work that you're doing. And thank you for everything that you are and that you're doing. So thanks for letting me be here. Thanks for all that stuff. You read me all that stuff. And I'm like, ooh, who's that guy? <laughs> Isn't that always the case, right? You, yes, you, yes. We're, we're on these shows and we're like, who's that? <laughs> well, you know, I even wrote one of the songs you talked about on Spotify. One was uh, I'm Still Me is the name of the song, but the chorus, it talks about uh, that it's amazing all of this has happened in one life, right? When I actually go and list and think about the stuff that has happened in one life, I'm blown away every time, even when I'm just sitting by myself, so... Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Let me present some of the people who are here with us. Great morning. Hello, Wanda. And Rosemary, thank you for being with us this morning. So let's talk about that. Where did that song come from? Uh, well, <clears throat> I wrote a book. When my life changed abruptly, I had 30 years, as you mentioned, in a career, and then in, and it was very high-flying and all that stuff in the United States and Canada. And 
on the world stage, big deal. But in 2007, everything abruptly changed. Radical transformation. I walked away from the whole industry and everything else and started life over. When I did, I started writing. I hadn't written anything before that to speak of, technical papers and stuff. One of the books I wrote was about my own journey, Tightrope of Depression. Mm. When I was finishing it, I thought, you know, besides writing a book, I mean, I'm a musician at heart. So what I really want to do also is write some music, songs that talk about some of the stuff. And so I wrote a, an album of music with 11 songs on it called Name of the Black. And it's that name because it's that feeling. And it, so there's 11 songs on there. Then, then I wrote, I hadn't planned on writing more than that. But as soon as I got done, I realized I needed more. So I wrote the sequel called Down from the Gallows. And then I wrote uh, Keeping with the Rope theme, right? So I wrote Down from the Gallows. And uh, then I wrote an album of music with that one, and that has 11 songs on it. So one of those 11 songs is called I'm Still Me. And it talks about going from people in your life expecting you to fail, predicting your failure, and after that, I'm still me, right? And so that's where that came from. And the lyrics to that song include that um, about, you know, the that I can't believe all this stuff happened in one life and then in my life. And so that's where that uh, that's where that song came from. I love that. I'm still me. I, I think about that, you know, um, because you're right in life. And that's why I, I decided to title entitle this episode Work in Progress, right? Through all the things that you experience, you're still you at your core. And um, it's those, those experiences are, would you say, what pull you out, like pull the core of who you are out? If you let them. So I'm still me. Everything that you said is true. I think most people spend most of their lives being somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that someone else is a version that they imagine they should be or a show or trying to fit in or trying to impress or trying to not be something that's been deemed or judged as wrong or bad. You know, trying to be something instead of just being who they are. And so the the thrust of that song and many of the ones on that album promise and power are just about the journey of discovery like you are who you are you, you're actually a divine being and and yes we can all stand and desire and work to be more developed yay but you're a divine being at the core and so you are you you came with gifts you came with something to do a mission and purpose and all this pressure that we feel from the first breath we draw nearly to fit in, to get approval, to get pats on the head or wherever, that you're okay. I used to think of it as a stamped approved in my forehead, right? Like one of those commercials where somebody stamps alone, approved, right? Approved. I don't know. For whatever reason, that was my visual. But we do that and we spend our much of our lives and many people spend their whole lives doing that. And they don't figure out that that is not only not necessary, but it's not the best use of their soul. Mm. You know, it's just not. Like old people say, I'm old enough that I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. What that statement is, is a partial realization of that truth. 
and it's often said in defiance. Einstein wrote a thing, a quote attributed to him as I'm old enough that when someone tells me to wear socks, I don't have to. <laughs> okay, and that was a version of expressing that, right? Yeah. And I have this great big picture in my house, you know, 48 by whatever, and it's Einstein writing, and all these quotes attributed to him, there's like 15 of them or something on there, and that's one of them. And uh, they're, they're, you know, Einstein's <laughs> sounding stuff. And it's just, you know, we finally realize, and so the whole point of your work, my work, is to embrace a simple truth. You came with gifts. No matter where you are, who you've been, or what's happened before, you can make a choice today to embrace that truth and then figure out what to do with it in your life one day, one moment at a time. Yeah, yeah. I would like to go back to the point you made about you're a soul that came here with gifts. So tell me more about that. Like, what, what is a, one way that someone could um, allow their gifts to be revealed? So let's see, for example, Tell me about a client that you may have worked with who is experiencing, not necessarily an adversity, right? Because, right, that's the belief. You have to go through something really astonishing in order to, um, to change. But what, is there someone that you're working with that's having just a, a normal uh, experience of life, but it is also an opportunity to reveal their true gifts? Yeah. I have a client that I've had for <clears throat> about nine years now. And when I uh, started with this client, we met at a mastermind. It was somebody else's mastermind, and we'd all paid to belong to it uh, 10 years ago, I think. And uh, I was in it for a couple of years, and I met this fellow. And it was clear that he was living a life of pretense. It was clear to me, although he was on his town council and a successful, quote, businessman in his community, and he was running for, he thought about running for the state legislature. And so I was, he was asking me for some help in crafting message for that endeavor. He ultimately didn't end up running, but here's what, here's what I've seen with him over the years. When I dug in, because I could have the sense that something wasn't okay, he was unhappy he had been married for a long time and had two successful kids, so he had things that ought to be successful, but his experience of life, based on his own upbringing and learnings, the things we learned, was that, number one, nothing is okay if it isn't grindy and hard. Like, if I'm not grinding and working hard, it can't be okay. If I'm having fun, that means I'm doing something wrong. And he went through depression. He told me about times he thought about driving down the freeway and driving into a pillar, you know, on the freeway, a cement pillar to just sort of get out of the internal pain that he was feeling about that, even though externally, you know, his business went through different struggles and we had to work through that as a, in, in our relationship. Ultimately now, after this time, he, he's, it, it took this time to get through the layers of understanding that his exploratory questions are how can I have fun enjoy this moment this activity so he's deepened his relationship with his wife his two daughters are now both married 
So I've gone through the whole them graduating from high school, getting a little older. Now they're both married. He's now created another business that does millions of dollars. Uh, so he has now two very successful businesses. Two or three of his kids and their husbands, they're both daughters, and so they got husbands, are working in their business, you know, the family businesses by choice. He's offered them opportunities. And he he has a partnership with, you know, him and three other guys. And because of his awareness of these things that we're talking about, learning his leadership gifts, his communication gifts, even though the partners are equal, four equal partners, not quite, because the other three partners elected him to have twenty-five and a you know twenty-six percent of the company because he's the tiebreaker. If they can't agree on something, he's the dude. So and they trust him yeah. to do that. So he's the de facto CEO, and I talked to him about that in terms of owning that role. So he's gone from thinking about driving into a pillar, thinking everything has to be grindy to he's had 1,400 and something days in a row studying Spanish because he runs an import business and a lot of stuff comes in from Mexico. So he goes down there often, and he's now spent four years learning that language so he can be integrated in the culture. And just all these changes, some subtle, some big, that go to do with, I'm, I'm actually okay. I can do this, and I can do it well, and I can enjoy it. And so now our conversations are about having conversations of, of mentoring to his kids and how to run the partner meetings, even though he doesn't run them, but how to run them from the side and be effective. And so that's a, a beautiful longer term work that has made a staggering difference for not only him, but for a lot of people. Yeah. And how simple the shift, right? Just understanding that you can actually enjoy life. The words are simple, but every time he thinks about that, he says, you know, I'm now aware when I'm doing things that uh, of when I have this feeling of it needs to be grindy. He even plays golf, and he's a scratch golfer, like fabulous par, par golfer, right? What? He says, I, I golf, and I have to hate it. I have to grind on everyone, and then he says, now I'm aware of that and allowing myself. Now he says, I notice that when I don't grind it, I actually do better and have more fun. And he said, now I get to notice that after I have a meeting, I sometimes notice, you know, I could have had more fun in that meeting. And so just the learning of that noticing and and then saying, you know, I have a choice to do other things. He's now looking at things in that way from above and as the observer instead of as the unwilling participant. Unwilling participant. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How about that for having fun in a meeting? <laughs> I don't know that people are like, oh, what what can we create today? This is going to be a, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. It's been so long, 15, now going almost 16 years since I was the CEO with a bunch of people working for me. It's, it's, it's becoming more difficult for me to remember viscerally things as they were. But I was always, I mean, I got the jobs, the consulting jobs that I got because I was so weird. I mean, I would just show up and do stuff that was like outside the lines and people would be like, okay, this guy's either crazy or he's a flipping genius. Sometimes I got rejected and sometimes I got a call. Here's a funny story. The last consulting position I got, it was, you know, for a lot of money. 
I had an interview with the Minister of Energy, and this was in Canada, not in the United States. And the meeting was, um, I don't know, about two minutes long. And I just went in and I said, I promise you this, nobody's going to ever screw you over with this again and this and this. And I just said some stuff and left. And I I don't know what he thought. And I, he kind of said, okay, uh, we'll get back to you in X amount of weeks, you know, thinking. And I got a call about 20 minutes later that was like Will Smith in uh, that Armageddon. I got to get me one of these, you know. <laughs> when he was riding that spaceship right yeah okay like that and the call was like bang okay we're in you know and i ended up calling the minister dude you know i was born in california so that's part of my language and i talked to the minister of energy i showed up in jeans and called him dude and it was like so anyway yeah i'm still me wow that's amazing i love that so how do you help other people to get there? Like for someone that's just listening that will um, maybe not ever reach out to you or I, like what gift can you give them to spark? So I have a, a piece of advice and then I actually have something free that you can have that I've created to help. But here's the piece of advice. When you started asking that question, by the third word, of your question, the feeling and word that came into my mind is love, and it is loving yourself. Your creator lovingly and carefully crafted you. And I say that from having been places and seen things that most people never do. The greatest gift you can give yourself and your God, however you conceive that to be, is to love yourself as his divine creation. Gentle, caring, compassionate love, which includes the exercise and the stretching of both body and spirit. It includes caring for freely and fiercely the soul, the body, the heart that you have, leaning into the truth that you are loved. You are worthy, you are capable, and we hear all those words, but we don't truly experience them unless we go do that. <laughs> and that practice is so liberating, it is energizing, and it will reveal to you your gifts, it will reveal to you your path. You know, not the end, not guaranteed anything. A lot of times we say, well, I don't want to... I don't know what to do because what we're saying is give me a set of guaranteed steps that if I take them, I'll guarantee in X amount of time to have X, whether it's money or success and nobody will reject me. Just promise me that it's easy. And I can promise you right here, right now, it's not. So you can forget that story. I can promise you that it will work. And I used to define work. It, it didn't work unless it was easy. There were no mistakes, no setbacks, and I got to the desired goal. Then it worked. And what I finally learned is that isn't the divine's definition of work. The divine's definition of work is it busted my ass, it stretched me, it made me work hard, and yeah, eventually I got to the destination, and the destination almost never looks like what I thought in the beginning. Yeah, and it still worked. So that's the first thing. Love yourself freely, furiously, all the time, every day. 
like in the mirror and, and the way you think about yourself and in your meditation and in your contemplation and in your prayer and even in difficult situations. That's the first thing. And the second thing I have is there's a, a course that I used to sell, but now I give away called Master Your Monsters. And that comes from when we were kids. You know, we used to think there were monsters under the bed and in the closet and wherever they were, right? And so at MasterYourMonsters.com, there's a gift that you can have. It's called Master Your Monsters, and it's an audio course that I created that deals with I have no time, I'm not good enough, fear monster, you know, some of those monsters. And I call them monsters because as kids we had them, and as adults we still have them. And they don't live under the bed and in the closet anymore, but they live in your heart. They live in your fears, and they live in your mind, and they still come out and eat your lunch from time to time. And so if you go to MasterYourMonsters.com, you can have that for free if you want it. And I'm creating that for you. Let's see. MasterYourMonsters.com, is that correct? It is. MasterYourMonsters.com. And I use monsters as fun, kind of, but they are monsters, and they eat our lunch from time to time, (laughs) and we're scared of them, and they do that to us. So thank you for putting that up. You're welcome. Thank you for offering that. What a a gift. And uh, Rosemary said, it feels so lovely that there are people like you two, lovely people, are available to help others lift from one mindset to an elevated sense of presence. Mm. Well, my, you mentioned it earlier, Cordelia, and my whole mission, the only reason I'm breathing air hmm. is because I have a mission, and I'm on a mission, and it's first breath to last breath every day. And it is, I, my year starts October 14th, there's a whole story about that, but from October 14th, 2022 to 2023, I made a commitment to help 50 million people to discover their divine gifts and then to choose to serve with those gifts. And I don't mean some wishy-washy, go out and do good, serve. I mean make money, make a business, make a difference, create cash, and make an impact with your gifts. Because he, And so I've committed to help 50 million people, and I do that by being here with you. I do that in every conversation I have. I do that. I have my own podcast with a zillion episodes and a television program and a whole bunch of other things. And the goal of all of it is to encourage you to discover your gifts and then go serve with those gifts. And by serve, I don't mean just go do the soup kitchen thing, which is great. I do that too. But I'm talking about making a business, turning it into a valuable commodity because money follows value. Your gifts are valuable. So then why not use them in a big and powerful way so you can make as much difference in the world as you can? So that's my goal, and that's the only thing I do. All day long, every day. Sometimes I'm writing books. Sometimes I'm running coaching. Sometimes I have individuals. Sometimes I have groups. Sometimes I'm doing music in this recording studio. I'm working on some more songs. And the only purpose of those is to teach these lessons and encourage people and to reach that audience. I love that. I want to go a little bit uh, deeper with that, but let's just take a really brief commercial break, and we'll be right back. Create your ultimate joy personalized experience. Where do you see yourself this year? Is it in Hawaii or the Caribbean or perhaps it's Mexico? There are locations all over the world 
where you can connect with the elements. Wherever you choose, you can be with me, the ultimate joy goddess, to create and be a stand for your joy. Where, would, where do you see yourself? Where would you like to be? Don't dream about it. Make it happen. Connect with me at CordeliaGafar.com. So let's talk more about, I want to go back to like, I, I said the 50 million number, but tell us what the number is now. Well, uh, halftime for me was April 14th. And so I did a podcast episode called Road to 50 Million Halftime. And it was about giving a report on where I was. And when I started that, I really didn't have any idea. People asked me in the beginning, how are you going to do that? I don't know. Uh, how are you going to measure it? Well, I don't expect to get 50 million emails that say you helped me. <laughs> so I wasn't sure how to measure it. I mean, I have YouTube videos and views and, you know, downloads. And I have podcasts with hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And I can see those. And, you know, I have LA Talk Radio. All those things I can look. And then I also appear on on shows to encourage and love people and I speak a lot at events so I thought okay the only way I know how to at least begin to uh, estimate the number is uh, to just add up audiences and so I started adding up the size of audiences that I had addressed and some of them I don't know but some podcast hosts and uh, event hosts especially the virtual ones in person you can see but I started adding up audiences to see where I was. And some of the conversations I've had with podcast hosts have been pretty moving. Uh, one in particular, there was a lady whose show I was on. And what I didn't know at the time was I was her very first guest. She just decided to start this. She had been, uh, I'd met her before that. I don't know which was first, but it doesn't matter. I listened to her story and I was floored. I mean, I have an incredible story, but listening to her, her determination, her commitment, the things she had been through and decided to be a force for good and everything that had happened to her, I was blown away. And that's not easy to do. So I talked to her, and then, I, and then she asked me to be in her show, and I was, and I just talked to her about her opportunity and told her to you know, have the courage to tell the story and to be the light that she wanted to be and all this other stuff. And um, later, when I was on, she was on my show, or I was on hers a different time, she, or maybe on one of my different shows, I don't know. But anyway, she told me I was the first guest, and she said, and you made the difference in my entire life. You completely created my podcast. Hmm. And I said, why? So you were the first guest, and what you told me to do, I did it. I did it, and now it's this many million people, and she talked about this stuff that she'd done, and it, she said it was all because I told her to just go do this thing, right? Wow. And so that's her, and that conversation sparked me to start adding up things, and so I did, and when I did, um, on April 14th, which is a month ago, we had reached 65 million. Wow. So we're past our number, and we decided uh, we're doubling down before October and see if we can get to 100. So I still call it the road to 50 million in my daily videos, but it's, uh, it seems like, you know, I don't know how exact all those numbers are, but it seems like we're, we're going to be way past our target. Clearly. Yeah. 
just and and then there are the people that you don't know right that you're actually changing their lives so you may have already exceeded a hundred million you know there's a funny thing i i was in phoenix the other day a couple of weeks ago to do something and i ended up having lunch with someone that we both know steve hardison dinner actually up at steve and amy's had dinner and i gave steve a bunch of books because i have a bunch and i happen to have a bunch and i gave them to him he sent me a note a few days later like only three or four days ago and he said um all of your books have been placed in fertile soil (laughs) and so i just thought you know it's what you're saying like i I have no idea where he put them i have no idea who he gave them to i have no idea i have no idea i have no idea but i know you know because when we had dinner the thing he named you wanted to know most about was about when I died and what had happened and you wanted to get really detailed and specific about that. But anyway, I gave him those books and knowing him, I know that he was very careful and thoughtful about who he gave what to and that he has put them in fertile soil. So I know that and I'm grateful uh, for just him and a hundred people like him, like you, you, because a podcast and a show like this is a labor of love. I mean, I know you do it for get clients and all that other stuff. That's fine. But it's still a labor of love. And here's the key for all you people out there that are doing the kind of coaching. I think of coaching as the people encouragement business or anxiety annihilation business or obstacle obliteration business or blind spot protection service. And I have like a dozen of those fun names. It is right and good for you to sell at extraordinary prices, your service. Because if you don't, what you're saying to the potential client is, the biggest change, the biggest difference I can make in your life is 59 cents or 500 bucks or whatever it is. No, no, it isn't. And so the idea, some people say, well, you know, I should give it away and all that jazz, nonsense. Nonsense. It extracts no commitment and creates no difference. And I don't mean you shouldn't do stuff for free. All of us volunteer in a million places all the time, so go ahead and do that. But when you're doing your professional work with your leveraged gifts in high gear, then man, woman, us all, charge it because that's what it's worth. Yeah, I was about to say, I want to thank you for that. And I want to make a distinction here because you are giving away this Master Your Monsters, which is a a course that you previously sold. So I just want to bring that to light. Like people understand that he's made money off of that. He knows that it works. And now from a place of love for you and your gifts, he's giving that away. And to work with him, is is quite I, I can't actually remember but it's it's like around a hundred thousand dollars or something like that per year right so the distinction here is here's the gateway here's the way to open your mind and your heart and your state of being with my free gift and if you are uh, dedicated and committed to actually changing your life creating your ultimate life that requires an investment of a hundred thousand dollars and so he wants that for you as well we want that for everyone who's listening you know um don't just don't give your gifts away that that's what i'm hearing you say is that accurate i'm saying here's the fun thing 
if you think about, uh, I'm, I'm going to use Jesus as an example because I happen to be a Christian, but I understand that there's other figures. Jesus gave healing, love, and freedom from physical things. He gave that away all the time. But you know what we don't have? We don't have the stories of the people that were healed, what they went and did with that. Mm-hmm. We don't have many of the stories, if any, of what happened later. What we do know is what Jesus said to his disciples, apostles, and all those that followed him, is you got to leave everything. you got to change your life. you got to lay it on the line, all of it. And so he did both. He gave away freely healing and love and encouragement and counsel and lifted and blessed people. But for the people that really wanted everything there was, they had to give it. it they had to lay it on the line, and that's exactly the, the 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 distinction that you're making. People can give free stuff. I do all the time. I have hundreds of free intense conversations, and I'm not any different person in that conversation than I am when I'm coaching someone who's paid a significant amount of money. The difference is that person has laid it all on the line, and they are committed to finding and being someone different. Someone who gets a free thing might say, oh, this is cool. I can walk now. I can see now. I have a new insight. I read a new a book, this little course. Oh, wow, how cool. But if they don't bleed over this change, it won't amount to much. Yes. That, that is actually the journey. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. You have to bleed. You, I mean, I just, you have to bleed. There, there's no other way. Um, and bleeding is simple. It's a, it's a very simple thing. It's not easy, obviously, because you're bleeding, but it's simple. Um, hmm. I think we're complete. And I would like to ask you, um, what, what else would you add into our space today? Well, I want to talk about your, the thing that I just saw. You know, you're the ultimate joy goddess. And someone that you would invite to participate in creating their ultimate joy is going to have to make a choice about staying married to their excuses, staying married to their existing definition and frame of life or freely releasing it without exactly knowing the the steps on the path and you know my own journey has been complicated and difficult and through depression and addictions and you know rehabilitation and failed relationships and all kinds of stuff and it only changed you know, that was like that mess for 30 years, 35 years. It only changed after I made the choice to accept the path, which included the rocks and the thorns and climbing. Like, you never fall up a mountain, right? You never fall up. You crawl up. And sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's over rocks and glass and everything else. But it's a choice you made. I'm going up there. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what the course is, but I'm going. And that's where that's where that 
bleeding, meaning yearning beyond all things. You want something that bad, then you can have it. You can have anything you want if you want it that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and I'm going to add to that, like part of my, my journey, I literally started doing that. Like I, I do hike, but then I was like, well, are there, you know, trails that have boulders, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, my hiking is a mild form of rock climbing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, and so to date, I haven't bled, um, but I do climb up rocks quite often. And mm-hmm. so um, it does help with my, my, my journey and my actual life. Because I, I didn't know, you know, like, when, when I finally decided, it's like, you, I think you were married for a long time, too, and then you got a divorce. Like, you, you, I was married for 20 years, and then I was like, you know what? can't do this anymore. And I didn't know what was going to be on the other side of it. I certainly never would have imagined myself calling myself the ultimate joy goddess because goddess was not one of the words that I used because there's only one God, and you don't attribute yourself to that. And maybe you can you know um maybe it just is an uh, an awareness of the divinity that's within me i want to give everyone listening a thought we all know what genealogy is right your father your mother your grandmother grandmother great grandmother however many generations you can trace it back and there's been a real resurgence in that sort of thing i can tell you something that will change your life right here, right now, if you let it. And that is, I don't care what your earthly genealogy is. The pedigree of your spirit can be written on a single line. You are a son or daughter of the divine. Heavenly father, heavenly mother, maybe they have families there too. So let's just pretend for a moment. You have a God, mother and father, who are the parents of your Holy Spirit. And so your pedigree is one line. That's it. I want you to think about what that means. So calling yourself a goddess is not even a stretch. You are a goddess, even a daughter of the Almighty. So if you, each of you understand that and then say, okay, What does that mean? Well, it means that I need to think about everything I think about and choose to do through that lens. Would I, as an offspring of the Almighty, choose this path, this behavior, this attitude, this feeling? And if you put things through that lens, decisions become easy and clear and quick because you want to honor Like you and I each came into this world with gifts and talents. Okay. And nothing else. You know what? When we leave, we're going to leave with nothing except what we have made of ourselves. And that's going to be our gift back. And that's how you create your ultimate life. I I think that I define your ultimate life as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. 100%. Thank you so much, Kellen, for being here and for sharing so much wisdom with us today. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. 
for those of you who are viewing and listening now and in the future, share this with another heart, share this with another soul. And until next week, be free. Thank you for listening to the Free to Be Show. Now take this time to go into the oceans of your mind and deeply reflect and introspect on your depth. What would it look like to create a sacred experience? What would it feel like to create a world where you had your ultimate joy? where you're completely aligned in your four minds. Are you ready for a sacred experience? Allow yourself the freedom to be replenished and free. Connect with me at CordeliaGuffard.com.